you know, I've had an abundance of money this year. And in the last few months, the abundance of money has slowed, but the abundance of orgasms has definitely quadrupled. <laughs> I, I always am producing, I'm always putting it out there, but it's like, this is a season of rebalancing and receiving and resting and play and pleasure. And I like, I shut down listening to certain people where it's not helpful for where I'm at. And I've started turning up the volume on my own soul and trusting that in the rest, in the rejuvenation is where the clarity is going to come because I'm going to be back into my body. Welcome to the Rebel Souls podcast, where we flip the middle finger to the status quo. I'm your host, Shelly Paxton, lifelong rebel, liberator of souls, and author of Soulbatical, a corporate rebel's guide to finding your best life. Settle in as we dive deep with badass leaders who are rebelling for what matters most in life, business, and the world at large. I'm so happy you're here. Let's get this revolution started. This is a Soulfire production. Hello and welcome back, my fellow rebel souls. Oh, this This is a juicy conversation for any one of you who maybe like me right now is feeling like you're in a, in a season of reevaluating a season of transition, a season of becoming and shedding, but it's still uncomfortable and uncertain and you don't quite know what to do, this, this is the conversation for us. This conversation with Heather Roddy, who is a soul sister. And as I tell her in the conversation, she is the poster woman for chief soul officer. It's really beautiful to witness a fellow rebel soul who's been on a similar journey for the past five years be so open and vulnerable about where she is in this season of life and what she's experiencing and uncovering and discovering. And most importantly, what she's allowing herself to experience. This is the part of the conversation that really brought me to my knees because we talk about what I needed to hear. I had no idea what direction this conversation would take. I only knew that, you know, Roddy is, is a beautiful soul sister who I only recently met. She's based in Austin, Texas. She calls herself an intuitive soul coach. I don't have many coaches here, but I just suspected from the Instagram live that I did with her that we had more depth and more layers to really, really plumb, for lack of a better word. And I was right. I'm glad I trusted my intuition and invited her onto uh, the podcast and into this conversation. We talk so beautifully about allowing ourselves to pause to be in this transition, whatever it looks like for you, to be in our wild feminine energy, to be 
in abundance in new and unexpected ways that don't necessarily look like lots of money coming into the bank account right now. And trusting our inner wisdom over others, allowing ourselves to receive love and be celebrated and to love ourselves fully and over everyone and everything else. There's so much here. This idea of turning up the volume of your soul is what this is about. And that is our GPS system. That is what will guide us and never let us down. And Roddy and I are super vulnerable in this conversation about how we are turning up the volume, what that looks like, what we are struggling with, and what we are surrendering to. And I just know, especially as we are getting close to the end of 2021 and we're starting to think about the new year ahead, I just know a lot of you in this community are likely in a similar place of reevaluating and feeling in transition or maybe just feeling a little bit stuck. So this is a beautiful way. Let's talk about what this season looks like, this season of rebalancing and resting and receiving and play and pleasure, and we dive into it. So whoo, hang on for a juicy one, my fellow rebel souls. Let's dive into my conversation with Roddy. Enjoy. I'm sort of in a reevaluation stage of where do I want, what do I want to create? Cause the, I, I got your voice message where I was like, you know, I think I might have to go work for someone else. And you're like, fuck that shit. And I'm like, <laughs> you're so right. And that's what I've been coming up against is like, because there's been such a pause and it's like the pause is actually for me because I need to start reevaluating what's working for me and what's not working for me. And the truth is I'm burnt out doing what I'm doing and it's not supporting me emotionally, financially, all that stuff. So it's like, we are the creators. It worked till this point, right? Maybe coaching got you to this point, but then it's like, okay, now I have another breakthrough of clarity. And it's like, I'm not fully there yet, right? Like, I'm like, okay, I don't know what that means. That's why I need to rest and get back into my body and reconnect back to who am I? What do I value? Where are my strengths? Where are my gifts? Where can I put my energy? Because you and I both know this. It's like wherever we focus our energy, that's what's going to grow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just no having that be in alignment. So like for you with your books, like this is so exciting because you're an amazing, you're, I told you you're a wordsmith. Like I shared that with you. I was like, you're such a, you're so beautiful with words. That's such a gift. And when you said you were launching your second, I mean, I got chills just thinking, I was like, that's where you need to be. Like that's exactly where you need to be. So it's amazing that you're doing that for yourself. Thanks for that reflection. Awesome sister. I am so glad that we're back together. My, the Instagram live that you and I did just a week or two ago was one of my all time favorite conversations. And I feel like you are not only a soul sister, but I feel like you're like an old soul friend. Like maybe in Minnesota in a former life, we actually were <laughs> part of, part of this, the same family, the same story. I don't know what it is, but it feels so yummy and familiar. I love that. I love that. I always say when you meet your soul family, it's like returning home. Like I have a girlfriend here and we're like, 
we grew up in the twenties together. I know it. I know we were flappers in the twenties together. Like, and there's always these signs that keep coming back where it's like, we'll show up in the same outfit, the same era, like the, the drinks we like, the music, the books, all the things. And I'm like, it's, she's an amazing soul sister. So when I got to connect with you, just even with motorcycles and your edge and your like the rebellious nature, but you're so loving and you're so warm in the Midwest. I mean, there's so many things I'm like, oh yeah, you're, you're home, you're soul family. And I, I'm always here for soul family. <laughs> I know. And, and I love when it like reveals itself, you know, like I have, I follow you. I love who you be and how you show up and that there are so many similarities in the journey we've both been on for the past five years. It was meant to be. And I love the way, you know, that I ask all of my guests, what are you rebelling for? And when you came back and said, you know, all the things that light up my soul, I just, I was like head to toe goosebumps and a reminder of like why I feel the way that I feel about you. And it just made me want to start with what is lighting your soul on fire these days? Oh, I love that question. I love that question because it's shifted. It's shifted mm-hmm. because in as I've been building my soul business for the last two years, and I was in a relationship where the romance was dead, the relationship was dead, but we were just friends and living together what was lighting my soul on fire was my business. But now in the last three months, I've been reevaluating that. And like, if I'm being fully transparent, what's been lighting my soul on fire is my Latino lover. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. Tell us more. Yes. And like, I manifested this lover a month after I ended my like sexless, like loveless relationship where I was like wanting to liberate myself and had just expanded out of this experience. And like a month later at a pool party, I met this guy. He like comes up to me. He's like immediately drawn to me. And I'm just like a month out of a relationship. So I'm like not thinking anything about it. And he asked for my number before I leave. And he's like, that energy that you were putting out there. And I was like, I wasn't putting anything out there. That's called magnetism. (laughs) I was like, that's called manifestation coming into real life. And um, ever since then, it's been such an experience like with him over the last few months. Like it's, it's like, I mean, I feel so liberated and so loved and so celebrated in ways I haven't in years and years and years. Oh my God. Okay, so once again... I love where this is going because I am also six weeks into something very new. Ooh. You and I have not had this conversation. No. I have no idea this is how you were going to answer the question. And I, I'm on fire about it because I'm also wondering, like having drawn this man into my life, I've been very intentional about saying, I'm ready for love. I am ready for uh, you know, a, a companionship that lights me up on every level. Mm-hmm. And I finally took a step toward that. Most of this community knows that started with putting myself out there on Bumble. So it wasn't, oh, it wasn't a good okay. old fashioned pool party. It was like, <laughs> oh fuck, I'm going to write the actual, you know, profile that goes online. 
And, and I've met somebody really interesting who's lighting me up and having fun. And last night, like I was in a funk and he came over and cooked me dinner and we played our first game of Scrabble. Cause I'm also a very cerebral girl. I'm like, you gotta woo my tummy, my heart and my head. right? <laughs> and maybe a little bit more. And yeah, anyway, but- it's, it's, um, I love that because it's also, I'm, I'm in this weird place in my business where, as I've said to you, and I've spoken very candidly on this podcast, I'm in a big like transition point. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder if the universe is like, you know what, slow down on all that stuff. You don't have to figure it out now. Let this into your life, whatever this wants to be. So are you feeling that as it relates to your business? And are you somebody who's identified with having great success in your professional life and maybe less so in your personal life? Because that's something I've struggled with my whole life. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting because I mean, seriously, part of why my business has been so successful in the last year and a half is because I took all the energy from my relationship and I put it into my business because I was so unhappy in my relationship, but didn't have the courage to leave and was settling for so much. And I was joking with uh, my Latino lover the other night. I was like, (laughs) I don't think this is too, you know, too much to say on your podcast, but I was like, you know, I've had an abundance of money this year. And in the last few months, the abundance of money has slowed, but the abundance of orgasms has definitely quadrupled. Yes. Ditto, <laughs> sister. Like, Ditto. Like, so I'm in a season of a lot of receiving, like a lot of love, a lot of receiving, but it's not financial. And as an entrepreneur, that's what's created so much like, what the fuck is wrong with me? What's What's going on with me? Like, how do I do this? And what I've just recently sunk into is, there's nothing wrong with you. This is a season of rest and resetting. Enjoy, enjoy all the gifts that are coming to you because it's been nothing. And he's not available for relationship. Like we're not in a relationship. That's the thing is it's like that we're, we're having this whole situationship, which has been a little confusing to me, but at the same time, it's the boundary of it, not being boyfriend, girlfriend, moving in that direction is actually giving me permission to have everything that I want without feeling the need of commitment. Cause I'm not ready for that. I'm not, I'm not in a, I just walked away from five years, you know, yeah, like, I don't, but it doesn't yeah. mean that I can't still have this like resting and I'm starting to shift my perspective that it's like, I'm such a giver. I, I always am producing, I'm always putting it out there, but it's like, this is a season of rebalancing and receiving and resting and play and pleasure and what's going to happen, my my intuition has been telling me, you need this, and then it's going to start to balance out for you. Mm. But but just be in acceptance of where you are and yes. enjoy as much as you can. You said three of my favorite P words. So I want to dig in on this. So permission, <laughs> because it's so hard for us to give ourselves permission. And I love that you said that so explicitly, like what you're really coming to understand is like, yeah, I want to give myself permission for play and pleasure. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I'm not undervaluing the rest and the rejuvenation because that's such a crucial piece that we often don't give ourselves permission for either. How did you, I guess, how do you do permission? How do you be permission? 
right? Mm. How do you think about that? Because to me, that's a lesson I have to learn again and again and again. And it's often like, you know, the universe, like smacking me with the two by four because I'm, I'm, I'm fighting, I'm fighting the intuition of it's time to slow down or sink into play. Play is not something we need to, you know, sort of earn. I did a whole solo episode on this, that why do we tell ourselves this story that we have to earn pleasure mm-hmm. and earn play? We mm-hmm. are worthy of it. We deserve mm-hmm. it. And this is exactly what you're saying. How did you yeah. come to this? Because yes, I know you're a very woke girl. You've been on this journey, right? <laughs> and at the same time, I know you're learning your lessons every day too. So totally. help us. <laughs> well, I think, I think what happens is, I mean, you spoke to it a little bit is it's like, I get to the point where I'm becoming so self destructive because I'm very destructive to myself. I have very high standards for myself. I, you know, even if I put on a little bit of weight, I'm like, what's wrong with you? Right. Like I've always been very, um, strict with myself and part of the permission, like, and what's been happening recently is like, I've been smoking pot again and not in a shameful way, but like a lot and just like wanting to do nothing and feeling really bad and feeling like, Oh, I have to go get a job and put a resume out and all this stuff. And hitting my head against the wall and crying and just, and what's been happening is it's like, the reason I give myself permission to shift is because my approach is not working. It's costing me my peace. It's costing me my joy. It's costing me my relationship with myself. And I keep going external. I keep going to other people. And what I've sunk into is you need to give yourself permission to be and trust that if you need to lay in bed all day and smoke pot, that's what you need. If you need to stop showing up on Instagram for a little bit, that's what you need. If you need to reevaluate and pull money out of your savings so that you can have more, that's what you need to do. And no one can tell you otherwise. And, and it's like, I've shut down listening to certain people where it's not helpful for, for where I'm at. And I've started turning up the volume on my own soul And it's like yesterday I had coffee with one of my soul friends. She's an intuitive. And for three hours, we just sat and had coffee and talked and it was raining outside and cried. And, and she's like, girl, you just need to rest. So I like took a bubble bath. I did my nails. I read a book. I met another girlfriend for wine and I'm just giving myself permission to do what feels best and trusting that in the rest, in the rejuvenation, is where the clarity is going to come because I'm going to be back into my body, not making decisions from my head or fear or what other people are telling me. And that's when I know that's the conflict right there is when I'm trying to trust other people above myself. And that's when it's like, all right, white flag, permission to be myself, permission to color outside of the lines and do whatever I need to do, even if it doesn't make sense to people. What a beautiful reminder to all of us. I just wrote a statement that said, I am no longer available to allow my head to override my heart and soul, which is what I feel is happening. Like it's almost this chronic loop. And I think for a lot of us, right? I'm speaking for myself, but I'm hearing you tell a version of that story. I know so many of us in this Rebel Souls community feel the same way. But giving ourselves permission to slow down, to rest, 
to play and to turn up the goddamn volume on our soul is beautiful. It's a, it's a courageous way to live, but honestly, I've been living this way for the last few years because no one had any solutions to my life when I decided to leave Seattle and start over in Austin and create this business. And it was like, okay, this is, I have to trust myself. And in our world where everything feels destructive and almost claustrophobic and in control and in fear, it's like, I've decided to stay in my, my magic bubble and, and really trust myself because that's when I'm most effective in the world. And with myself, I'm most loving. I'm most at peace. I'm most clear. I get to use the messages that come through me. And that's when I show up as my best self. Not when I'm sitting here listening to all the shit that's going on in the world and all the fear and limitations of everyone else that's like, well, you should do this and you should do that. And haven't you thought about this? And then this, and, and I'm like, what? No. You know, like the shoulds will take us down every time. This is why I talk about the shackles of should. They will take us down and they build the walls of our prison. Period. Yeah. And then you get in your mind and then you feel trapped. And it's like, well, I should be doing this and I should be doing this. And I should go get a nine to five because that's responsible. And I and it's like that's why just even like the gift of you, right? Like having you come in my world and just even that message of you know, fuck that girl. No, you never give up on yourself. And I was like, you're, I, I, yes, my soul like swelled when you said that it was like, yes. And then I had another person come to me and he's like, what does your gut tell you? And I told him, and he's like, my soul like swelled again for that. And I'm like, okay. So when my soul swells, that's how I describe it. It's like this opening in my chest where I'm like, I instantly feel this peace, this calm, this warmth, this trusting. I'm like, that's what I need to listen to right there. I want everybody who's listening to this to pause for a moment and think about that feeling, right? Because feelings don't happen in our head when our ego's driving, when our head is in charge, when all the shoulds are at the wheel. We don't have the feeling that you just described. That is, I always say, you know, people say like, oh, I felt it at a cellular level. I say, I feel it at a cellular level. And that's what you, that swelling that you just described. And that's a good reminder for all of us to check in. Like, am I feeling this or am I thinking this? This is a, it's a very different experience. And the feeling is our GPS. Yes. Because when we're making decisions based on what we think we know and the fear, you're going to make decisions that you're like, I don't feel good about that. I have regret around that. I don't want to do that, right? Like I was putting myself in a position where I was going to make decisions that went against my values in order to make money, in order to please other people, in order to feel safe. And one of the things one of my soul sisters said to me was, you know, you're seeking things. Look at what you're seeking with money, with this situationship. Look at what you're seeking. And whatever you're seeking, that's what you need to create within yourself. And I couldn't answer it at first because I'm like, what is it that I'm seeking? Why am I seeking this in this person in, in the financial you know, security? And immediately I was like, it's because I don't feel safe and secure right now in my life. And because I don't feel safe, I haven't, I need to connect back to what makes me feel safe, what makes me feel secure internally, because it's never an external thing, because all of that stuff is fleeting and changing all the time. What it's done is it's, it's empowered me because I'm like, 
I can always make money. So the money is not my security. I can always, you know, connect to a love or an experience, but this person is not going to create that safety. Him committing to me is not going to create that for me. So I've looked at where is, you know, what is the thing that I am seeking and how can I create that for myself? And I'm on that journey now of like, okay, well, this is what makes me feel safe and secure is being in a cocoon, is taking epic care of myself, is directing all my energy back to myself, is, is listening to myself above others. And that's when the security externally follows. You know what I'm saying? Like it starts to change yeah. externally for me. Yeah. And it's so much of it. And I know this came up when we did our live is around trust and surrender. And that's really fucking hard for all of us. I don't want anybody who's listening to this to be like, oh yeah, that's so easy for you to say. It's not. It's not easy to say. It's not easy to be. And yet that's so often what we're being called to do is like trust this feeling deep in your soul. Trust this in trust your intuition, as one of your soul sisters reminded you, right? And um, it's interesting what what's just coming to me is I said to I had one of my best friends here for the past week, and it was so good. It was like what you just described the other day when you're like, I'm gonna give myself some rest and have wine with my girlfriend, and not only spend me time, but just like laugh and cry and be with some of the people who mean the most. And that was a week for me of one of my best friends who came in from Canada. And it was so soul nourishing. And I had her meet this guy that I've started seeing over the past six weeks. And I kept asking her so many questions like, well, what do you think? What do you think about this? And what do you think about that? And then she's like, Shelly, I can't answer these questions for you. What you're asking me is you need to get quiet and really check in. Like, how are you feeling about this? I can't tell you if he's the one. I can't tell you if this is the right relationship for you. I can't tell you and, you know, it doesn't matter to me if this thing drives me crazy. Does it drive you crazy? Yeah. Right? Or does this thing light you up? And I realize that a pattern I get into is that when I'm feeling that sort of like a little bit of unrest or uncertainty where I'm just really not sure and I'm not taking the time to check in, I start asking everyone around me for their opinion. It's what you mm -hmm. just described. And I just caught myself in this this past week. And I'm like, yeah, why am I asking her to tell me if I'm in the right relationship? <laughs> like my head exploded. <laughs> but you know what? That's such great awareness. And Mercury's been in retrograde in Libra, which is all about relationships. So your patterns and how you show up in relationship to others and yourself is like glaring right now. Like it's everywhere. So many people are struggling in their relationships or trusting themselves in relationships. And it's so interesting to hear you say that you were asking her about what do you think about this? And what do you think about this? And it's like, it's because of the old patterns of how you've showed up in your relationships, right? And like what happens at the beginning and it's like, you want to trust yourself to make the right decision. Yeah. And it's like, the best thing that you can do is just be present. The best thing, is, because as women, we future trip 
all the time in relationships. I mean, there's like Mm -hmm. a joke with women where it's like, they already have the wedding plan. We already know we're already, you know, when we have that experience. But I think when you can go, I have no clue what's going to happen. But right now, who this person is, what I'm experiencing is an amazing gift. And how can I be present to this? What am I learning about myself in this, right? Like in my experience, because there's this boundary of um, no relationship, right? Dating or whatever. It's, it's really put me in a position where it's like, well, is this what I want? Is this working for me in the present moment? Because what would happen is I would latch on to future ideas. That's why I got into two five-year relationships back to back. That's what I've been doing. And it's like, cause I launched, I got in, my pattern was to move in within three months. And then I lived with them. So of course I was going to marry them. And right. I had all these things and I would just put up with so much bullshit. I'd put up with abuse. I'd put up with stuff because I went to the future tripping. So I think sometimes when we're at the beginning, it's like the best thing we can do for ourselves is go, how does this feel to me? And if there's conflict, what am I doing about it? Am I sweeping it under the rug? Am I speaking up about it? What's this, what's this relationship showing me about myself? You know, cause even in my experience with this guy, I've been sharing with him, like I made a commitment to myself that I would choose myself before you and this experience. And I'm going to choose my honesty and my authenticity. And that's what's happening. And it's been uncomfortable. A hundred percent. I, and I, I mean, this is such a gift that the conversation is going to this place and it feels like a bit of therapy session. I hope not just for (laughs) me, but for everybody listening too. it's really, I've been so proud of myself in terms of how I've been showing up. I mean, if I think about the last relationship I got out of was three years ago and it was not the right relationship. It was one of those that becomes kind of comfortable and it wasn't lighting me up. I mean, it was a lot of the things that you described in some of your previous relationships. And it was just sort of like, I was almost just getting lazy in it. Anyway, I also, because I wasn't, you know, I guess I was letting the bar get lower and lower and lower to the point where it's like, wait, I can't fucking limbo that low. So I finally get out of it. (laughs) And now I'm like, oh, I am showing up in a way that's super authentic. I am showing up as a thousand percent me with my boundaries intact, with my, you know, with, with my voice fully expressed in terms of what I want and need and desire. And it's really beautiful because now I understand that it's like, well, he can choose to show up or not show up. Mm-hmm. That's his decision. Mm-hmm. But there will be no, there will be no mistake or lack of clarity around what it means to be in my world, who mm-hmm. I am and what I want. And I'm going to be really courageous and putting my big ass vulnerable heart out there because mm-hmm. that's the only way to find out. Girl, I completely agree. I completely agree. I mean, in my situation, you know, he was like, do you have regret with me? Should I never have asked you out knowing that I don't want to date? And it's for multiple reasons, not because he even wants to be with other women, but it's because of some shit that he needs to work on in his own life. And he's new to the country and all this stuff. So he's like, knowing that, do you think that I should have not pursued this or opened myself up to you or whatever? And I told him, I said, listen, the way that I operate in my life, and this is just who I am, I'm a heart person. So I'm not going to close myself off 
unless it feels unsafe, unless it's something that I don't want. But with the experience with him, because he's a soul person and like, there's just been so much positive with it. I'm like, I can't help but fall. I can't help but be in this. Like I've totally fallen for you. And I was like, but I would rather live that way than always being so cautious and so closed off. Like I close myself off and I set boundaries with people that I need to when I need to. Like I'm very um, good about that in my life. And, I, and I've done that in the last few years. But in this experience, I told him, I said, there may be a time when I need to cut you out. And that's just what, how it's going to be. But right now, like my heart is open and this is, this is such a beautiful experience that like, I feel like if I shut myself down for fear of this, not going the way that I, that it should go, right. Or what I expect it to go, then I'm going to miss out on what this is actually about. Right. Cause like, even though I walked out of a five-year relationship, like I'm definitely in a grieving place around it right now, because, you know, it was like the high of being out of it. And now I'm like sort of in the grief around it. But it's like, my heart is still open. My heart is still open. And that's always a choice for us. We always get to choose how are we going to heal from the relationships that we've, you know, stepped away from? Who are we becoming? And how are we showing up to our life? And I'm just someone that it's like, if my heart's not open, then I'm not available. And I shut myself down. And I, and you know, in some cases that's okay. But in, when it, when it feels good to me, it's like, why would I do that to myself? right? Not everything has to be forever. Not everything has to be the way our world describes it, right? Like we have soul contracts where we come into each other's lives, where we remind each other of what's possible, right? If anything, this person in my life right now, like he's a runner up or a grace pillow to land and be held and have the experiences that I haven't had and, and be reminded that this is possible. Keep going. And whether it's with him or someone else, that's okay, right? So it's like looking at the situation as, you know, I can I can loosen the grip and let yeah. go of the outcome. And it's easier said than done, believe me. I have days where I waffle back and forth. <laughs> of course, you're human. Yeah. yeah. And I would be like, I would do like a little like virtual bitch slapping if you told me that you're like, <laughs> whatever, I've got it all figured out. But you wouldn't say that. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, know I, you I definitely don't. <laughs> but I think I think you're you're right. I have, I mean, while the two the situations they have a lot of similarities, I get that you know the availability of the person is different. They're showing up in in different ways, and I'm having the same experience, which is I don't know why he's in my life. I only know that right now it is reminding me and inviting me to continue taking steps forward on this love journey and to stay open to it and allow my big, beautiful heart to be out there and to continue to show up authentically and courageously. And I don't yet know what it's for. I don't need to know, right? I'm sure he and this relationship are here to teach me something. And I'm also very aware that it might simply be that I can do this that I don't have to be closed off or say, oh, you know, love is hard or it hurts or all of the things or believe, tell myself a story that I'm unworthy of love or tell myself Mm -hmm. a story that I have to show up in some other way than Mm -hmm. fully beautifully me in a relationship. And if Mm -hmm. those are the gifts of what I'm experiencing now for however long I'm experiencing this, I'll take it all day long. 
Totally. Well, and girl, I mean, first of all, you told me your age on the live, which I was like, you are not that age. But, but I think also for women, it's important. It's almost vital for us to have examples of women who are older, right? Mm -hmm. Not in their twenties and and thirty, right? Like I'm, I'm almost 38, but it's like, you know, like even women were like, why would you leave a relationship at 38? Like, I like, aren't you worried? And it's like, I think we need to have examples that like, it doesn't matter your age. Love comes to us in many different forms at many different times in our life. So if you're in a situation right now and maybe you're in your thirties or your forties and you're terrified to leave, it's like, leave that situation and trust that love is abundant and it can come to you at any age. It doesn't matter. It is. It's it's a powerful reminder because I left a marriage at 39. My divorce was finalized when I was 39 years old. I went out like kind of new beginnings at age 40. So not far off where you are right now. Scariest thing I've ever done. Second scariest thing I've ever done was to leave a 26 year badass marketing career at the age of 46. Wow. Start my own business at 48 and write my first book at 50. And now I'm rediscovering what it means to be in relationship and put my big, beautiful heart out there again at 51. Girl, I have full body chills right now. Like my whole body is just like, because you are so inspiring. That takes so much courage, but that's what it takes to live with your soul on fire. Yeah. Is being willing to let go. Yeah. Totally. And that just, but, and and to know, like I, li- the I think it's like the second chapter of my book is if not now, then when? And I, if the pandemic and everything we've been through as a culture and a society, well, we're, that we're still in, it's not even been through, that we're still deeply in, has not shaken us to our core on many levels and said, if you are not doing what lights you up, if you are not connected with what lights your soul on fire, what are you waiting for? Yeah, exactly. I wrote for some reason, I must've been reading it to somebody, the definition of a chief soul officer. And I'm like, there's a reason this just popped out of my notes pile. And I describe this person, i.e. you, as a badass who takes responsibility for the direction of their life and courageously creates it in alignment with their truth values and purpose. That's going to make me cry. That's huge. I seriously, like, I love that so much because I literally, before I hopped on here, went on my Instagram and I was like, I'm not going to be showing up the same way on Instagram anymore. Cause it's not working for me. It's not working in my business. It's not working for me emotionally. I'm going to be shifting and I'm going to be taking a break because I don't know what's next for me, but I'm going to talk about what's not working and how I can shift myself because the reason that there's a pause is because I need to shift. And you're absolutely right. Like when we own, listen, I got myself here and it doesn't mean failure or anything. There's been a lot of success, but like when I get myself to a place and we need to pivot, turn into the wind and shift when we can own that, because I've been blaming other people. I've been giving my power away. But when I was like, no, actually girlfriend, you are the catalysts for everything in your life. So this redirection is a gift because it's going to be not only supportive to you, but your clients. Because right now what's happening is not supportive to you. 
And, and like, I love that you're sharing this because it takes a shit ton of courage and trust in yourself, tons of courage to, to go and to pave a path that is, doesn't exist. Yeah. Cause if we can see the path before us, we're on someone else's. I always forget who said that. That isn't my language, but I love it because I'm like, holy shit. That's when I woke up to, oh my God, I was living my dad's dream. You know, almost Um, everybody who listens to this podcast has heard my story about like, oh, but people kept telling me I was so good at it. I was like, oh, I'm gobbling up all the accolades and all the mm -hmm. attaboys and all the, you Mm -hmm. know, attagirls and all that stuff and was feeling empty inside. Right. And I know you and I share that story. And I, I, I want to say, I think because we didn't really get into the story of what was your catalyst for going on this soul journey five years ago, right around the same time, like you and I kind of came into the space. We talked a little bit about this in the live. And if people want more depth, like, please, please, please go back to um, Instagram and watch the live that we did together. But can you talk a little bit about your defining moment that was like your, you know, the universe whacking you with the two by four going, wait a fucking second. Like I am not living my truth. I am not being the chief soul officer of my own life as we just defined. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Cause it's, I, I'll tell you the moment, but up to the moment is there's always little things happening before the moment happens, right? And when the more conscious you become, the more you can start to notice like, oh, things are orchestrating and shifting, right? I was doing lashes in Seattle, making $100,000 in my business and my body was in so much pain. And I was dating my ex and I remember it was right before Christmas and my neck froze up and I was like, okay, like this, I know, I knew that I wanted to shift in my business because I couldn't keep doing what I was doing. But I was like, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do. So I'm going to just keep doing this and push through the pain and all of that stuff. We're sitting at my parents' place a little bit before Christmas. And my brother and his wife announced that they are having their first baby. And the way that I was raised, 150 aunts and uncles, all the women in my life, all of them are married and with children, three to four or five children. So the fact that I'm not married and I don't have children is massive. But in that moment, I was like, but I don't want, I don't care about getting married and having children. So why in the fuck am I creating a life where I'm trying to have an opening for that? And I'm waiting for that. Like, I'm just waiting for a man to propose to me. I'm waiting to be, you know, accidentally pregnant or whatever, you know? And, and it's like, when I decided in that moment that like, it's such a funny moment. Cause it's like, why would that stir it? But for me, it was like, I am not living the way that I want to live. Within a week, I made the decision to leave my lash business, close it all down, move to Austin, Texas. And within eight weeks, so I made it, it it took a week to make the decision and really cement it and be like, no, this is it. And then over the next eight weeks, I made the massive transition to come down here and completely start over. And that was two and a half years ago. Wow. And I've been on a roller coaster and I wouldn't change it. What was your biggest insight or biggest lesson from like trusting yourself on that? Well, I think it's because I've always felt like a rebel. I've always felt like I haven't belonged. And for me, the when I when I am in trust with myself, I feel like I'm at home. 
And it's like, it's like, I'm willing to work for the things that I want. I'm willing to work hard. I'm willing to show up for myself big. I'm, I'm resilient as fuck. Like I have all these things about myself that I really love and appreciate, which has taken me a long time to really cultivate that with myself. But when I'm in trust, I don't feel like I'm rebelling against myself. I'm not destructive with myself. I'm I'm in a lot of love and compassion. And that's when the joy comes through. That's when people are like, Roddy, you have the best fucking energy. And it's like, that's because I love myself. You should have seen me and met me when I was in conflict living other people's lives. I was a nasty bitch. I was really resentful, jealous. I had, I was, oh, I was manipulative. Like all these parts of myself would come up because it's not what I wanted, but to sink into that alignment, that trust, that knowing that's when you get the like the chill, like joyful Roddy, who's just like, yeah, I'm just me. I'm just here. And that's what, that's priceless to me. I will do anything to maintain that and contain that in my life because no one can take that from me except for myself. That's exactly right. We're almost, we're conditioned to think about rebelling against, which is like, it's so constricting and it's exhausting and it's on someone else's terms. And what I just heard you say is that you are rebelling for yourself, for who you are, for what you want and for the impact that you want to have in your life and in the world. And that's so beautiful. What a great reminder. Yeah. Well, and using that energy that I was misdirecting towards relationships and being hateful and, and like against the world and redirecting it towards, no, what do I, what do I actually believe? Like, I believe I can, I can do whatever I want in my life. Okay. Well, if I really believe that, then am I living that? Am I being that? And that's the truth I've sunk into this week is if I believe that I am supported and everything is always happening for my good, then why do I continue to have this tantrum with myself and blame other people? Why am I doing that? And I'm like, it's serving a purpose. And it's like, okay, well, what's the purpose that it's serving? The reason is because I'm, I'm going from head into heart embodiment, right? We know things all the time. We hear things, we know things, but embodiment is being it, living it not waking up stressed about finances. It's like, that will take care of itself. And it doesn't mean I have to go get a nine to five. It means I need to rest and play and trust. And I will generate, I will create, it'll come to me. But that's how I believe. But a lot of people in my life don't live that way. A lot of people in my life are very much in the corporate nine to five, you know, healthcare, uh, you know, everything like that. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that rebel. So it's like, it's destructive for me to always be rebelling against that. But when I'm rebelling for myself and it's like the, well, no, I'm going to do this because this is what I believe to be true. And when you believe something to be true with unwavering faith, when you believe it to be true, you can create it for yourself. Yeah. I believe that to be true. I believe that to be true. And I'll bring it full circle here because one of the things that you and I talked about, you just mentioned it as you were talking about your journey of rebelling for yourself. I remember one of the things you said to me in our in our Instagram live, you talked about how above all else, you love you. And you've been on this really profound self-love journey. 
And I think that's one of the hardest things for all of us. So I can just speak for myself, right? It's so the the world media in particular and social media even more so wants us to feel too big and too much and too old and too ugly and too all the things like loving ourselves is a true act of loving courage. Absolutely. How do you practice that? Because it, like at the core of everything you're describing is waking up going, I love myself and I believe in me and I believe these things to be true. And that's the strong foundation that you're moving forward from. So what does that look like for you? Well, it's interesting because like I love numerology, right? Like I'm always in communication with my angels, my spirit guides. So numerology is um, a way that I communicate. And I kept seeing 1111, like a ton, and especially recently. And I was like, okay, I'm going to look it up. Because when I have these numbers that I see over and over, I look them up. And it was the, the number one thing is this is a blessing in disguise, but you need to stop beating yourself up. You need to, you need to take the pressure off because I mean, when I gain weight, I'm mad at myself. When I, when I color outside of the lines, I'm mad at myself. If I'm not doing what I, what I think I should be doing or operating on the level that I should be operating on, I'm mad at myself and I'm a bitch to myself. I'm so mean. I cut myself down. Like I would never say the things that I say to myself to other people. And what I realized this last week when I've been in self-sabotage mode, I'm like, you're only hurting yourself, girlfriend. You're, you're not showing up for yourself. So back everyone off Instagram, back everyone off. I had a camp just end this week and back off your father, back off the noise of everyone. And what does Roddy need? Yeah. What does she need? And, and then it's like, I'm going to give myself what I need without the guilt. And that's the biggest shift is being able to love yourself with releasing the guilt. I care about taking care of myself right now. And I know inevitably that's what's going to bring me the clarity, but it has to be a true, genuine, authentic shifting. It can't just be like, oh, I love myself. It's like, uh uh-uh, it's got to be that energy where it's like, no, now I can feel it in my body that I've shifted. I can feel it. I can hear it in my tone. I can feel it in my body, in my sleep, in my, my need to be like, I don't need to be smoking pot all day. Right. It's like, I come back to this place of like, I'm good. I'm chill. The energy shifted. As you were saying that, I thought how interesting I hadn't really thought about it. You know, for us to go, I love myself. I love myself. Whatever is like talk, 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 squawk, squawk, squawk for us to give ourselves permission and to act on that self-love and to allow ourselves to rest and rejuvenate and to be in the uncertainty and not knowing and fear and all of it is acting on self-love. And I think that's an important distinction. It's huge because that's the thing. It's like, we can talk all day about it, but when it's like, oh, I'm going to give myself a day off, I'm going to rest. But then when you're sitting there and you're like, you're lazy, you need to get up, you've put on weight. I can't believe you're doing this. Why are you doing that? Like you, you know, and you're just criticizing and judging and putting down. It's like, you're not being loving at all. You actually are just open the door to be a bitch to yourself. And that's not loving. So that's the thing. You're, it's exactly that. It's like, how, what action am I taking? And the action can be taming the mind 
and reframing and catching the thoughts that are, you know, that itty bitty shitty committee I talking about where it's like, okay, my action is stopping you, is firing you. That's the action I'm taking because I need the love to come in. I need the hate to go away. And that, that in and of itself can be an action. It's internal. No one can see it, but it can create such a shift in your life for yourself, that internal dialogue. That's exactly right. And I just went through this. I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to now fully bring this home because you and I spoke about being sober curious when we did our live and you just said, you know, yeah, I've been allowing myself to smoke pot. I've been, you know, going out for a glass of wine. And when you and I were talking, I was, um, it, on my little sober curious movement for seven months. And this past week, I had one of my best friends in town and out of the blue, sitting at dinner one night, I was like, I want a glass of wine. I don't know where it came from. I, and I rolled with it. And then I rolled with it for three more days. And then when she left, I started beating the shit out of myself with the biggest stick I could find. Mm. And I was like, what is this about? And I finally, yesterday, you and I started this call by saying, damn, we're on the roller coaster, right? <laughs> that was part of my roller coaster because I was like, wait a second, why am I beating myself up? I always said, I'm on this journey. I, there are going to be many gifts. There have been many gifts, but whenever I want a glass of wine, I'll have a glass of wine. And I don't know when that's going to be. And I'm not making some grand proclamation that I've quit drinking for the rest of my life. I am enjoying all the benefits. And so yesterday I did the full, like, sit down, reframe. This is not about beating yourself up for what you did because did you have fun? Absolutely. Did it taste good? Fuck yes. Right. Do you feel like doing it right now? No, I don't. All righty yeah. then move on. Right. There was no point in me sitting and beating myself up about something that felt really good in the moment. And we're oh, so totally. good at that. I'm like, fuck. Like I just went there so hard. And I was just like, that was exhausting. I have just like, I've literally just, I'm like a spread out on the floor crying. And I was like, this is dumb. So yeah. yeah. Well, it's, and it's such a, cause that conflict makes it worse. And like, I went through that same thing where I was like, I'm feeling low key depressed right now. And Pot always like helps me like have a release where it's like, mm. it's not so heavy because I'm such a deep feeler plus the hormones and everything. And what I came to was it's like, okay, you said you weren't going to judge yourself, but you're judging yourself. Liar. Like, why are you lying to yourself? Who are you trying to prove this to? You know, you tell people I'm not going to judge myself, but then you're judging yourself. Like, 100%. why are you doing that? And that's when I was like, I was like, oh yeah, I'm judging myself because that's what I do. And I'm like, and I'm not going to judge myself on this because honestly, I don't think there's anything wrong with what I'm doing. If I, if you bring it to the air and you reframe it and you look at the situation, it's like, why is there judgment? And that's just a pattern. Yeah. So you can always stop it. Yeah. And that awareness, like you said, the more conscious we become, the more aware we become, the faster we can stop it. And so literally yeah. that spiral would have probably been a week or more for me in the past. And I was able to literally the day after she left, when I started going there, sit myself down and have that conversation and just say, uh-uh, we're not doing this. 
We're not doing that's this. powerful. Yeah, it's really powerful. And I and I I guess I hadn't even sat back and gone, damn, that was good until we had this conversation. <laughs> so thank you for the reminder of that as well. I literally want to talk to you all day long. So I'm just excited that we're at the beginning of our soul sisterhood. And I know there are many more conversations to come. And for our Rebel Souls community who are have now fallen madly in love with you and want to continue to follow the Roddy journey and wherever it's leading you next and who are you are becoming in this beautiful season of rest and play and pleasure and orgasms as a currency girlfriend. <laughs> yes, I'm here for that. <laughs> I'm I'm going to keep taking it all day long. I'm like, yep, yep, I'm I'm fine with that. The bank account can shrink cuz everything else, woo. Oh my gosh, yeah. it's so funny. He's like, you need to be asking me more like if you want orgasms just ask me. I'm like, I've never met a guy like you. Great. Awesome. I'm here for it. (laughs) Oh yeah. There's like a million percent reciprocity and then some over here too. I'm like, yes. So how can Rebel Souls find you and follow you on this journey? It's going to be such a cool time to be in your space. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's so much is shifting. Yes. Well, currently you can still connect with me on Instagram under the Roddy method. Um, And I also have a podcast, Coffee Talks with Roddy. So Usually on there, you can always send me an email or connect with me there. But those are usually the places that I'm hanging out. And on Instagram, I will let you know if it shifts, if I'm if I'm not going to be full on on the Roddy method or I'm moving it into something different. I'll let you guys know. Yeah, perfect. Oh my God, I love it. I love it. I know after our live, we got so many great notes. People were like, another soul sister. Oh my God. Like just like being in your energy and, I just, I, I am so grateful for how you show up. I love this energy. I love your transparency. I love that we can go from being chief soul officers to like orgasm queens and like everything (laughs) in between in this conversation. And it's so real. And I, I'm, I'm, um, I'm just loving that our, our, we're now side by side, like locked arms on this journey, sister. This is so yes, good. Girl. And thank you for showing up for this community too. I appreciate it. So many, so many juicy nuggets in this conversation. <laughs> I appreciate you. Thank you. Yes, girl. It's my, this is where I love to be. This is my sweet spot. So yeah. I, I love connecting with other soul sisters, soul fam, and having deep conversations and just being real about shit. Cause for so long, I was fake and it's exhausting. So I just don't have any energy to be fake about anything. (laughs) Oh my God. It's so much easier to be you. I say that all the time too. It's like, holy shit. It was so hard trying to be like the chameleon or how does this person want me to show up? Or how do we need to show up in this room versus this room? That's bullshit. Show up as the same person in every fucking room. Like the rewards are great. The yes. rewards are great. Yeah. Uh, what a beautiful place to end. And to all our rebel souls, follow Roddy, eat up all the stuff, learn from her in this transition, this season of life, and say bold, brave, and badass, y'all. I feel like we need to end with a y'all since you're down in Austin, right? <laughs> like- <laughs> y'all, I know. <laughs> Oh my God. I can't wait to come see you in Austin. And thanks you guys for tuning in. Ciao. Hey Rebel. Thanks for listening. If you were inspired by what you heard, please subscribe, 
rate, and review so our fellow rebel souls can find us. We have big work to do together. And if you want to dive deeper, head on over to my website at sylbatical.com and follow me at sylbatical on Instagram. Until next time, stay bold, brave, and badass, and never stop asking, what am I rebelling for?